0: on this episode of right on radio we're going to talk about mind control and god's grace and his power to bring people through it you don't want to miss this one folks we've got a great guest she's one of your favorites and uh you'll see her in just a moment you are here for a reason You are here for a reason. The tagline of the show is live right in the real world, where we expose the real world to you and you decide how to live right in it. Uh, It is also the opinion of this guy and the show and many of our listeners that there are two worlds running concurrently. The first one is the physical world. The second one is the spiritual world. And it's my contention to you that the spiritual world is actually more real than the physical world. And everything that is created is created in the spiritual world and then uh, brought down into the physical world. And it's by the power or permission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, Speaking of which, October, where the time I'm recording this, is you know a very occultic month for those who practice it there's a lot of witchy stuff going on uh and we know what that entails sometimes some sacrifices and things like that so we're praying hard against it and we have our sing and prayer celebration on telegram every wednesday at 7:30 p.m eastern standard time on the main channel just go to right on radio on telegram download the app get in you'd sit on the phone call you don't have to say anything if you don't want but we encourage you to participate if you feel like doing so we also have it on saturday nights at 8 p.m eastern standard time every saturday but this month not only are we doing those two times a week but monday october 31st yes halloween night folks We are doing a special uh, prayer celebration that night and uh, we'll be singing worship. We will be praying and we are going to be praying against the witchy stuff that's happening last night. We're going to pray for, uh, well, my prayer will be for confusion in their camp, for things not to go right uh, in their ritual stuff. Uh, And it's real important that you join us. Uh, If you don't even join us regularly regularly, that's one night that, uh, you know, if you are a believer, that uh, it's good. If you're not with other people uh, praying, uh, it'd be really great to have you join us. So, uh, Singapore prayer celebration again on Wednesdays at 7 30, Saturday nights at 8 p.m., and on October 31st at 8 p.m. is when we will do it. And it's only going to be about one hour. Uh, One other quick announcement before I bring Reb on. Uh, That is, if you didn't catch just the previous episode, uh, number 358, it said Nasara. I talked about Nasara, but I also launched something called Be the Berean. And I I won't describe everything that's about, but it's been less than 24 hours and I've already got some really great submissions. Uh, So I'm going to encourage you, uh, this is something we can do as a community, it's fun to do, and uh, and I believe you're serving the Lord, so be the Berean, uh, and that comes from Acts chapter 17, verses 10 and 11. But without further ado, please welcome back to the program one of my favorite people and yours, I trust, and that is Rebecca B. Rebecca, welcome back to Right On
1: Radio good to be back
0: i'm excited we had a conversation uh actually it was right after Singapore prayer celebration because we were both on it till the end so i knew you would still be up so i i gave you a phone call and you had mentioned something that was really heavy on your heart for the last couple of weeks and i think it's mm-hmm. such a positive message uh, that we need to get this out because actually you it's a thought that i have had previously but probably didn't entertain enough and uh for those of you in the listening audience you might look at some circumstances around the world and some people's actions in a much different way by the end of this broadcast what say you
1: amen here's hoping here's praying here's expecting gotta work
0: <clears throat> so is there a uh Uh, So, and and by the way, if you haven't seen Rebecca on here before, uh, she was involved in the dark side of things, you might say, brought up uh, through family, uh, participated in some unholy things, uh, but was saved by the Lord and the power of his salvation and resurrection, and has been going through and and fighting the mind control uh, stuff that has been put into you and and it's deep. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, you know, well, I guess about the occult and how they got some of this stuff into your mind just as a foundation.
1: Uh, yeah, just the the basics is, um, is that it's come, it's come through bloodlines, um, both sides of my parents, but mostly my dad's bloodlines. And, um, yeah, it's traced back. And the, the Lord spoke to me quite a while ago when I first started on this journey of healing and realized that – um, Yeah, I had gone through SRA and I had gone through a lot of experimentation, been used by the military. And as I was, you know, looking into that more and listening and trying to understand it, the Lord kept saying to me that this goes back to my bloodlines. And I kept saying, no, no, (laughs) this is just a simple little, as simple as SRA and DID and all that can be. This is just really simple, Lord. I'm just going to go through this, be done get out the other side. Amen. That was my big plan. <laughs> and uh, as, as I've been journeying through, the Lord has continued to say to me, you know, that this does come back to um, to royal bloodlines, and I need to look at it, because if I don't look at it, I'm not going to fully be free. And my heart is, um, is freedom, because not, not just for myself, but we are all intertwined. And when one of us gets free, it ripples out to every single one of us, whether we're, you know, Royal bloodlines or not, it doesn't matter. It affects every single one of us. So God put it on my heart. And he said to me, you're not healing for you. And I thought, say more, Lord, say more. Yeah. As, as he spoke to me, he, he began to show me that the history and the whole spiritual end is exactly like, like what you said. It is spiritual first because our bodies They live, they die, but we exist before and we exist after. These bodies are temporary just to house um, our soul and our spirit and we learn and we grow, but it transfers into the heavenly realm. And so God just continued to show me, continued to speak to me that because of my history, because of my background, because it's so extensive, that my healing is actually going to affect thousands of people. And it blew my mind when he said that, because I was still looking at my little tiny box <laughs> of this. No, just this Lord, just this, just this. Um, but you know, I lay it down. I lay it down um, at his feet and said, have your way. Like my life is not my own. So you have your way and you do what you need to do. And I am right along there with you. I'm right along
0: well, and it, it is all about the blood. And I remember doing a specific show with Cisco about that. And, you know, it, my eyes were really opened a lot into the bloodlines. And, you know, I remember, in the, you know, especially the first couple of years that I was a Christian, and we're going back over two decades now. But, you know, when you first get saved, you just want to find out everything about God. And, you know, and reading the Old Testament and they're going through the lineages and stuff like that. It's like, Okay, that doesn't mean anything to me. I can skip. I can speed read past that, you know. And uh, but God put it in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And and now that I further look at it, if you look at the lineages uh, and you look at the Hebrew meaning behind the lineages, it actually tells you the gospel in just the names. Like it's it's incredible. But God has put all these things in for us. And and listen, I suspect that you. Know, you know, well, it started with Adam and Eve, but then it really it started again with Noah. And you know, there was only eight people that saved from the flood, and maybe there was some, you know, uh, half human things things mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, saved. Uh, you know, that survived it. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all pretty much have some trace of these uh, important bloodlines in mm-hmm. us. In fact, your blood is just as important as anyone else's blood. Exactly. I- I'm going to venture out to say. Yeah. Because it has the life of the yeah. life in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, our blood is something that's a creation of our Heavenly Father. Nothing is more important than that.
0: And the life is in the blood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So in having some understanding that it can ripple and things like that. But I think there was a, there was a point that you made the other day when we were on the phone Rebecca and you know it's it's about the mind control and so first of all these people were programming you through the experiments and stuff and they're putting alters in your mind and what's why do they program people and what type of alters do they put into someone and for what purpose kind of a big question
1: yeah um so basically it's just um a means to an end for them so it com- comes through extensive torture and it starts as early on as they can, as they can uh, manage it, depending on who it is and, and the access they have to them. So basically it's a trauma response, but when you split off because of the horrendous torture, they then, it's like that part becomes a blank slate because it's an intentional splitting that they have created. And then they can choose to use that part for whatever, they can say, you know, this is gonna be a part that's going to deliver drugs. This is gonna be a part that's going to be a sex slave. This is a part that's going to murder. This is a part that's going, like they can, they can make it anything they want to because it becomes a blank slate for them. So one of the things that happens in the process of it, usually because the, the, t- the torture is so horrendous is there tends to be multiple splitting that happens. So you don't just have like one or two, you end up having thousands because of the rapid splitting that happens. And then they end up working in like little groups. So if there's one that that is specifically for um, being a sex slave, there will be several that work with that one main surface part. So there may be a part that walks into the room, a part that's on the bed, a part that's, you know, and so on and so forth. So a lot of what the reason behind it is not just money and being able to utilize people for, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of idea. It's not just really that. What it does is, because it opens the person up spiritually, it makes these portals. And these portals and openings within the person allows them to feed off their energy. And as long as they can have their energy, it empowers them. It empowers the demonic. And it branches out from there. And it's all to gain uh, furtherance in the spiritual realm. It's all to... Have more power, have more energy, have what you need to be able to accomplish the end goal, which is take over the throne of God. And so the more unknowing, unwitting soldiers that there are in the enemy's camp, the more he has access to use people for different things and to to further his goal. He has no no interest or caring about us in any way shape. And some people actually believe that there is some kind of importance that he does care about them. But that's actually a huge lie. He has no interest in anyone or anything except himself and his goals.
0: And so you mentioned it opens up the portals. And so there's an energy transference. And the demonic really thrives off of getting especially trauma-based, fear-based energy. And so when we even look at the last couple years, and I guess it could be considered torture, what happened to the masses, but Mm -hmm. there was a mass formation that happened. And even just the people walking around with, you know, things on their face, you know, Mm -hmm. hiding their face, uh, that was fear. Would, Would that type of energy also feed the demonic as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I've know, i had some discussions with people, um, other Christians and stuff, and they don't like the idea of, of energy and frequencies because the new age has taken those terms and they've used it for something that's twisted. And it's like, you know, it's that combination of truth and lies. And so they don't like that. So they want to stay away from it. But the reality is <clears throat> that it is based on frequencies. We do. That's that's how we are. We have energy. We have frequencies. It's how we're put together. And when we are in fear, that's going to give something off very differently than when we are in a place of worship and love and rejoicing and safety. And the enemy is attracted to the things that are going to create fear, hatred, deceiving, you know, all all those things that the scripture clearly says that we are to stay away from. And then it also says that we are to fix our minds on what is pure, lovely, just, holy, of good report, praiseworthy. And there's a reason that it says that, because when we are in that space, we're going to actually attract more worship, more adoration of God. It's just going to ripple out in those ways. I'm I'm not explaining it like super precise and super scientific, but that's sort of the baseline of it.
0: Well, you know what, listen, I'm really glad you brought up the new age thing, because we're going to be tackling a lot of this on Be the Berean sort of thing. And you're right, Christians tend to want to stay away from it but there is so much truth in energy levels and focus and things like that. If, hey, listen, if, if someone is in the mood to fight and they, they're tensed up and they're like, and they walk into that restaurant or saloon or something like that, the whole room feels it. Mm-hmm. But yet if someone walks in full of life, they just came from a worship and they walk into that restaurant, the whole restaurant could feel man, the energy off that person. So, there is truth to it. The problem is the way it's presented by the new age is they take God out of the equation. All you need is frequency, man. You know, put some light and some frequency here or something like that. Or or they say they admit that there's a God, but they talk about Christ consciousness, or they do everything to avoid. The death and resurrection of Jesus and how your only way into the kingdom. And so all they have to do is sell a lie that's a little bit off and it provides the solution for all of your life. uh, But it brings you to damnation. Mm -hmm. But you can't sell a lie without putting some truth in it. So that's what they do yeah
1: and i think i think too like some of the some of the extremes are just focus on the positive just think good things just look for the good but we see that jesus called out some hard stuff (laughs) like he wasn't all about let's all sit in a circle hold hands hum and just say love 16 times like that he he called out truth he said look this is what's going on this shouldn't be happening he called out the past He called things out from the Old Testament and said, this is what you were called to do. This is what's happened. He said it as it was. He didn't stay in just the happy. He didn't stay in just what we would consider negative, but it was a balance. You have to look at the one to see the other. And it's landing in the place of hope and resurrection and knowing what is the end result and the end goal. In what it is you're looking at. And the end goal for those of us that choose to serve Jesus Christ is him and his kingdom and speaking that truth to others. And I mean, we even see that, you know, whether we've experienced it or whether we've witnessed it, but I've had times where um, I'm, I'm in up against someone who's, you know, they're angry <laughs> they're through the roof, faces changing color, they're screaming and hollering. I, hey, I
0: settled that. down right before we hit record.
1: and you know like it's just one of those things where they don't stay that angry if your response is calm and peaceful they're gonna like sure they'll they'll gush whatever they need to but they will calm down much quicker than if we pick up those feelings of anger and frustration and then react back. But if we see that and just speak in calm and speak in love or even just allow them to to vent, maybe they just need to lose their mind for a few minutes and get it off their chest. And so we even see times like that. We see that type of reaction and we see the difference between reaction to reaction and between reaction to coming back with peace and calm and love and just being present with the person. Hey, it's a it's okay that you're losing your mind. I'm not you, running away.
0: I'm you here. You know what? Just such a good real life example. If someone's screaming at you and you scream back, they're gonna scream louder, and yeah. no one's gonna hear anything. But if you just let them, you know, just okay, I'm listening. But mm-hmm. then you lower your voice and you say, mm-hmm. "Listen, I heard every word you said." Mm-hmm. And when you lower your voice, they will lower mm-hmm. their voice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, little things like that. But that's really approaching them in love, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't run away. You don't go, I can't believe you're talking like that. Why are you? you know, you're know, you just letting them. And sometimes I know for me, when I get like that, I just need to like, <laughs> just need to get it out. And then once it's out, I'm like, huh okay, I'm good now, <laughs> you know, but I just needed it out. And it's, and it's such a blessing when you get it out with someone that's there, that's just going to listen and love you anyways and go, no problem. Hey, vent away. I have my times. So you had yours all good.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's rare to find someone who doesn't react um, and who can listen. And if you do find that person, you should probably get close to that person, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that, that's fairly rare. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm one, listen, I have a, I used to have a really, really bad temper. Uh, you know, since I've been saved, that really has gone away. Now there is a righteous anger, like when Jesus went over and turned over the tables in the temple, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's a good anger and that's built into us for uh, right purposes, you know, mm-hmm. or if someone's coming at, you and you have to defend your family, you have mm-hmm. to get that sense of violence coming up but it's a righteous thing. It's not that you were going to do harm. So we're made with all of these things in us. But getting back to the the occult though, Mm -hmm. they put all these things into us so they can suck the energy or so they can program people to do things at a specific time. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just wondering because you know for the last two years now uh, that we've been seeing particularly the United States, but there's whole communities that are putting up these purple lights and it was, uh, I've never, I don't think I was mind controlled, but I certainly know about the MK ultra and stuff like that. Would something like the purple light street lights be enough to trigger someone who has a specific programming in them?
1: Oh yeah. You can be triggered by almost anything, almost anything. So if your programming is very extensive, if your trauma, if your torture is very extensive, it can be a bell. It can be, um, like it can be a, it can be the slightest thing. It can be absolutely anything. Some of it intentional that they've put into triggers. Some of it is just triggers in response to the sounds that you picked up in the midst of the horrors that you were going through. It can be either way. So yeah, lots of things can trigger us.
0: <laughs> Interesting. And so when, when a trigger happened, and I'm just going to stay with that example, the purple <laughs> lights, um, if someone was programmed as a soldier or something like that, uh, could that trigger them to go do a shooting or something like that? Is that possible?
1: Um, it's possible. It's not likely. Um, uh, they they might be triggered and set off to be almost. They m- m- might almost become trance like. So they're almost they almost become vacant, like they're not even there. Um, but. I suppose it depends on what they've been programmed to do. If their program is literally when you see the purple lights, you are then to go do this, then that's what, that's what they'll do.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so it is possible. And, you know, I think that would be more specific programming for people who are really system kids and things Mm -hmm. like that. Not just your everyday person who gets uh, assaulted and, you know, kind of programmed by default through trauma, just because someone is repeating a pattern in their life and that very much happens. So, you know, there's a, if a, if a man was sexually assaulted or whatever, and he might not be in the system or say, but you know, then he might in turn have that and start, have this incredible urge to go and assault someone else, because that's just the trauma that is buried inside. Is, Is there some truth to that statement?
1: Um. Yeah, I suppose it depends. Like if 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 we're we're using that that example of of the man who is sexually assaulted, um, it may stir up um, anger. It may stir up if he doesn't come from um, a history where he has any type of DID brokenness in that kind of way, then the response will be more of. I guess what we call a natural response right so you might find he might find that he's angry he's getting agitated he might find a lot of things are stirring up he might not even make the connection to the purple lights or he might um but if he doesn't and a lot of those things are stirring i i don't i don't think that just what is stirring out of what's happened to him is going to drive him to do the same there has to be more to it okay than that
0: well, because, you know, right now we, we see so many pastors and uh, and priests in particular who, you know, have been arrested in the last couple of years or last 10 years. It's really come to the forefront. And I'm just wondering what creates this behavior? Because it's not natural.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it, there's certainly, it can't be natural.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it. It there are all variations and levels in mind control all kinds. I mean, and like, and like you said, with, with the, the last two years alone, and in the responses to things, there are still people that put stuff over their face, even though it's okay. They're still in that place. They're still mind controlled. They're still uh fear based in their responses. And so it can come from anything of that. We also don't know what people's backgrounds are, right. Um, you know, just kind of looping back to what we were talking about on the phone, you know, for me, when I was in the midst of a lot of this stuff and I wasn't aware of it. I had um, very clear sections for me in my mind. So I had home parts as is kind of what I call them. And they were the ones that lived at home with my family and they dealt with the abuse and all the stuff that was there. But those parts of me didn't know about the cult parts. And so I, I had almost like two different sides to me if, just to simplify it. And so if something like that comes up for someone where they have something in their history, in their past um, that they don't know about, then yeah, it can trigger off something more. If it is just the standard, yeah, I've been assaulted, I've been wounded, then yeah, emotions and stuff are going to come up, but they shouldn't react to that type of extreme unless there's some type of mind control and programming going on. And the, and the reality is, we're in a world right where there is mind control and there's programming and the more we are involved in things of the world the more controlled and the more programmed we're going to be and the more we're going to respond out of those mind control and programs
0: yeah we're called to live in the world but not be of the world Mm -hmm. and you know it's funny when uh, boy i can't remember exactly who told me this uh, because i've had a number of people On talk to me about this subject but I remember hearing well what was estimated just like in America alone there's at least 20 million people who have been mind controlled like like they were literally you know under intense not mass formation thing but actual 20 million people under mind control is that a reasonable estimate
1: uh, yeah, I would say that's a reasonable one. I think probably maybe on the lower side, actually. Um, yeah, it can be a lot more than what we think because it, it doesn't have to necessarily come from childhood um, access. It can be, um, they, they can use hypnotism and torture and a lot of the same effects to program someone to become or do what they want. Um, the only thing is that usually when it's done later in life, you have to keep doing it. So um, if if, the pro- if your program is, isn't kept up, if it's not refreshed, so to speak, um, it's going to start to break down. And when it breaks down, you're going to seem very unstable. You're going to seem, um, you know, you're not going to make sense to people. You're going to be very incoherent. A lot of those types of signs of things will come up. So once they're able to reprogram you again, then you, you keep up the facade or become whoever it is they want you to be. They've done those types of um, um, experiments. I remember reading about it through hypnosis and it was simply um, using hypnosis and the, the person that they were hypnotizing, the idea behind it was the person was like, oh yeah, no, you ca- I don't get hypnotized. You can't do that with me. <laughs> and As the example continued, um, he did get hypnotized. They, they, they made an alter personality um, within that realm and um, control of hip- hypnotizing him so that that person would do something else. And then when they called the other person back up, he had no clue. He said, see, see, <laughs> yeah. just, it didn't work. It didn't work. Like I'm fine. So there are ways to do it. It's it's not as effective as something that has more of the roots in it, the way that it, the way that it was for me, but it's still totally plausible and it's a lot easier to do with the masses um, because of what we're, um, what we open you know and accessible
0: to television channeling and stuff like that but i'm glad you brought up hypnosis because uh and boy i'm i'm going to get in, a, in trouble here uh but i'm going to just name a couple ways that some of you have been hypnotized before and i and i've studied hypnotism now i was never a hypnotist or anything like that but i was i saw a comedy hypnosis show and I was fascinated. It was probably the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life, by the way, <laughs> you know, um, having these people do crazy, crazy things and uh, just using ordinary, and I know they're ordinary people because they were my friends up there, you know, uh, probably the funniest night of my life. But, um, but so I got real interested. I started reading books on it and how it attacks the subconscious mind and, and all these different things. And so I recognize hypnosis when it's being done. And I can tell you, uh, as someone when, you know, the Toronto blessing was happening, Mm -hmm. uh, I went down five, six, seven times, and they were employing hypnosis tactics. Mm -hmm. Since then, I've seen it in other churches as well the way they format their service from starting off with raw, raw worship music down to intimacy things, then to a quiet reading of the word to get more money in. They always do the offering in those orders. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then they give a word and, you know, you feel great when you walk out sort of thing. But also here's one that I want to pick on and uh, watch. There's plenty of video. Watch a Tony Robbins Seminar, probably the biggest motivational speaker in the world. This is absolute hypnosis that they put people under before he even comes out. And then, you know, not only does he get like 10,000 people, but every time he comes, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And every time he says a certain thing, the whole audience will go, yeah, or they'll do a yeah. gesture that they've been programmed yes. to do. And they're programmed to spend more money with Tony Robbins. (laughs) So that, and by the way, uh, prove me wrong, Tony. So it can happen uh, to the Mm -hmm. masses, not only just through TV, I guess that was my point. Sorry, Reb, I didn't mean to throw you off, but.
1: No, no, no,
0: not, not at all.
1: Um, yeah. The only thing that I, I guess part of the way our conversation went and what's, and what's on my heart is, um, is, is more when we see someone's behavior and we see them acting in a certain way. Um, we tend to, th- like our, our human flesh side says, just judges. You know, that is so wrong. I can't believe they're saying that. I can't believe they're doing that. And then we focus more on the person than on the actual sin um, and the wrong that they either have done or taking part in, promoting, encouraging. And I think we need to remember that we are in a spiritual battle. And it says that we don't battle against flesh and blood. It says that we battle against principalities, rulers, things in the spirit realm. And so we don't know. I remember for me, you know, I didn't I wasn't aware of a lot of those things that I was doing. And I have a huge, messy history, almost anything you horrific you can think of. Um, I've been part of, and I don't just mean having it done to me, but I've been utilized for it as well. But people wouldn't have necessarily known that at the time. And we need to remember that it's not the sinner, it's the sin. We need to remember that it's the person that needs the love of God expressed and extended and poured out over them. Because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know if they've been programmed. We don't know if they've been mind controlled. We don't know if they're in a cult. It can look so much like they're not. No one would have known. I went to church. (laughs) I, I live with my family. I went to school. Like I lived a regular looking life. There would have been no signs to anybody that I would have had this whole other side of me. Um, so we we just don't know. And so I, I guess my encouragement for people is to look past the offense the person is doing and <sighs> connecting it to the person and look at the offense and begin to pray for that person. Because when we extend the love of God, when we extend the truth of who Jesus Christ is to another person they are way more likely to have breakthrough beyond any of the enemy's schemes and tactics than if we come at them with our anger and our anger might be righteous. It might be, this is so wrong. How could they do this? How could these kids be hurt? How, how this, how it might be based in, yeah, it is wrong. It is horrible. It is horrendous. The things that are being done, but we need to remember that sometimes people are tools and conduits for wickedness that they would never have signed up for. And if it hadn't have been for the love of God reaching me over and over and over and over again, I would not be standing here. I would have just curled up in a little ball once I found out all the horrendous, horrible things. And I would have just, yeah, retreated or taken my life or whatever. But God found me. He found me and he, he looked at me and said, there is nothing I cannot redeem nothing
0: yeah hate hate the sin but not the sinner
1: exactly our perfect savior can do that then we can seek him to say help me love like you love help me look past it and pray for the person hate what they're doing for sure stand up against it speak up against it do what we need to do to, to not let it just pass by But let's remember that behind all of that, there's a person, no matter how wicked they might seem to be enjoying it in a moment. We just don't know the other side of the story.
0: You know, there's a there's just a great example of it, and I don't think it was demonically charged or anything like that. But I'll just give you a real example and how it was handled improperly. One of the uh, churches that I attended, in fact, uh, the man leading the church at the time—I won't give his name—but he was. Probably like, you know, one of the greatest men of God at the time that I had met. And this guy was full of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, with great position comes great temptation. Mm -hmm. And what he did was wrong. And he admitted it in front of the whole church. And he was a married man, uh, a pastor, but he fell in love with the worship leader who was like half of his age. Mm-hmm. Now he never did anything, you know, never broke covenant with his wife or anything like that in a physical way, but he basically wrote a quasi love letter to this person who was, you know, probably 24 or something like that. And it was inappropriate. It wasn't a, a vicious, it wasn't a sexually charged letter or anything like that, but it was definitely inappropriate for him to do well then the power struggle came and he was basically kicked out of leadership essentially because he was here in on in canada on a visa he was sent back to his separate continent mm-hmm. um like this guy got the shaft and this was a real man of god who made a mistake but really wouldn't the wrath of his wife and uh, and 30 days sitting on the sideline have been enough <laughs> you know um, we we're called. That's why the commandment is love your God and then love your neighbor. Right? Mm-hmm. Was that loving your neighbor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it makes it reminds me of the story of of um, of Saul. Right? Like he did horrendous things. He he killed Christians. He encouraged the violence against them. He extended it to them. You know, we don't know the details of everything he's done. But in the examples that is is given in scripture and that he speaks of, we know that he did some really awful stuff. And now we'll never know the full extent, this side of heaven of exactly everything that he took part in and that he gave his blessing to. Well,
0: but, the example of Stephen was enough. Yeah, you know. yeah,
1: yeah, but we don't know. It could be so much more. And yet God met him on the road. God met him there and gave him another chance. And, and, Yet we don't tend to do that with each other. It's almost like when something comes up and we're, you know, we're so crushed, right? Especially when it's a leader. We're so crushed because we put way too many eggs in the in their basket. Yeah. And we looked to them too much. We had them on various altars of our life. So now they've fallen off. And in the process of them falling off, it triggers every undealt with wound along the same stream in our lives. And we all have those ones. Those are very common. So we all have those. So then we react out of that wounded place and we just want to tear them apart. And it's it's a reaction that isn't, um, isn't balanced because it's being fed by the past. It's being fed by undealt with wounds. And so that person gets hounded. Hey, we all sin. We all screw up daily. And sometimes, sometimes it's in the things that we don't even necessarily think are screw ups. Like when God says, go do this. And we don't. Well, that's sin. If you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, you sin. That's what scripture says. And yet we are so quick to throw the judgments because we level it, right? We level it. We go, this is really big, but this isn't too bad. Oh, okay. I lost my temper with my son or my daughter or whoever, But hey, I didn't go off and kill someone. But yet God says sin is sin. It's either right or it's wrong. There isn't the levels that we give it. And if we can look at each person through the eyes of that unconditional love, we're going to treat them differently. We're going to pray more. We're going to see transformation and change. Because instead of just running with the anger that is so often triggered from our undealt with stuff, we're going to actually run with the unconditional love flowing through us from our savior. And the outcome is going to be drastically different. But that that takes time. That takes time. It takes an intentional effort to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being stirred. Stuff's coming up. I'm feeling like outrageous, Lord. What is going on? And we bring it before him and we sit and we ask, and we seek his face on it and we allow him to come into that space and speak to us. And we know we're not going to necessarily like what he has to say, but we say, come because I've chosen to make you Lord. We say, come because of what you've done for me. We say, come and transform me and make me more like you. So that will actually ripple out to my community and those around me. And they will look and say, what is it about you? Like, why aren't you acting like this? Or why aren't you being? And I'm not talking about preaching incessantly to people. I'm talking about that unconditional love. It's not natural for us in our flesh. It's supernatural. And when we allow Jesus to come in, when we say bring that supernatural transformation and change, it does. It happens. It comes. And it doesn't come without a price because the price is we're not going to like some of the stuff that we're called out on. We're not going to like it because our flesh is going to go. No, no, they deserved that. Oh, I don't want
0: to hate that person. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't like what they did. That is so wrong. That is so horrible. That is so awful. But, you know, I, I I, know that there's might be people watching that don't understand maybe mind control, SRA, you know, military stuff, all that. They don't get that. And, you know, I'm open to anybody reaching out. I'm, I'm on Telegram. You're welcome to reach out to me. Uh, it's Reb B. I'm happy to to answer questions or yeah. Just... Well, you know
0: what, the better place to do it <laughs> so it's all contained here and so everyone can see would be uh, if you have a question or come put it in the uh, below the video. And Reb, you can look at it. And what we'll do is if there's any particular questions or thoughts that you have, the next time I have you on Reb, we can process. We can probably go through those and really answer all of the. Uh, the questions from the audience, but you know, I just love the fact and you can use yourself as an example. You did some uh, things that were not good uh, yeah. and, but you don't know if someone else is programmed. You like Reb looks normal, right? You know, a sweet lady who was a, with the voice of an angel, by the way, yeah. she can really sing. Uh, but let's, let's see Reb. Uh, and by the way, I have to do this while I remember uh, hit, like and leave a comment and you know subscribe if you haven't done that uh, there's a re- reason why youtubers always ask for that but reb let's see your faith in action i'm going to ask something like it's an almost impossible task but i'm going to see if you're going to take action on the words you just spoke are you okay, ready i'm ready do you love me i
1: do you, you see,
0: supernatural, the unlovable is loved. <laughs> She's walking the walk and talking the talk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, and and when I say that, I don't say it in the typical, yeah. I mean, I think we all have a general love for each other, a general care and a general concern. But that's, that's not the love. It's the love that says there's a truck coming and I would push you out of the way and put myself there. Now, I don't say that to toot my horn because my horn's broken. But I say that (laughs) because that's God's transforming power. That's how he's met me. He has seen me do horrific and unspeakable things. Whatever you can conjure in your mind, likely I've done those things. And he has met me and said, let me show you my love. Let me show you what my love can do and how it can transform and who you can become. And we don't know. We just don't know. And so I just yeah, my heart is just for people. Let's keep loving each other with the love of Christ and to realize that that doesn't come without bowing our knee before him and saying, have your
0: way, have your way. Yeah, we have to actually give kind of the like the pink slip ownership of our lives over yeah. to him. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Look, I, I'm just brutally honest. I've, I've done that, you know, that song, I Surrender All. Man, mm-hmm. I've sung that and I've surrendered all. But then the next time I'm in church and they sing, I surrender all, man, I want to kind of hold on to just a little yeah. bit of your word. You <laughs> my
1: I surrender my all, no, not Jesus all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what a, you know what? You're so encouraging, uh, Reb. Every time you're on the show, I just have this sense of joy. Uh, you really bring that to me, and uh, and I'm glad to call you friend as well. Uh, so thanks everyone for watching. Uh, put your comments and questions for Reb in the uh, below in the comments, and we will review them. And the next time she comes on, which won't be too long from now, we will make sure to answer them. And by the way, one other way you can love your neighbor is to sign up for switchaway.com slash R-O-R. You really are. Uh, If you're a patriot, if you're in the movement, uh, that's how to love your neighbor. Final thought, Reb? Uh,
1: Yeah, keep keep your knee bow and your head lifted.
0: Uh, Praise God. Uh, You're awesome, Reb. Hey, thanks everyone for being here. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Hit that like button. oh the song was supposed to start there there it goes